Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When I think of the word grudge, I think of these epic multi-generational, like the Hatfields and the McCoys, which like were these two families in Kentucky where it ended in this massacre where they ended up killing each other in 1888 after just generations of going back and forth and back and forth. But grudges can also just be so deeply personal. Someone can have hurt you and you're just not ready to let go. And that makes sense, right? Hurt is so personal. And anything other than the vulnerability of that pain makes so much sense to me. And so that is what we are going to talk about with Jackie today. Jackie is someone who has been holding a grudge against a family member and is wondering if it is still serving her or if it is time to let it go. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Should I Quit? Hi, Jackie. Hi, Vanessa. Please tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you? How do you spend your days? Yeah, I am in Denver, Colorado. I'm currently a student working towards a master's program in sustainable design. Cool. I work in customer service currently, and you know, I'm a really outdoorsy person. I've lived in Colorado most of my life, except for the portion that we're going to talk about on the show today. So I am really accustomed to just getting outside during the winter and the summer and kind of expressing myself that way. So what, what was this time in your life? What question are you bringing to the show? Yeah. So the time in my life that I didn't live in Colorado started with ending a pretty long and unhealthy relationship with a partner in 2019. And I just felt unable to emotionally live in Colorado in the same place as him. So my option was to live with my aunt in the Maryland side of DC. 
And I also had a cousin over there as well. And I have a very close-knit Jewish family. So I thought that, you know, this would be enough of a tie that I could kind of get started in the area, even though I didn't have a job or any friends at the time. And then once I moved to the area, my cousin, who I was really close with, helped me get a job in the same marketing firm that she worked at. This was late 2019. And then Mm -hmm. early in 2020, in February, I moved into DC proper to be closer to the job and try and make some new friends. So I moved in with six random people that I didn't know. And unfortunately, the pandemic started about two weeks later. So I was kind of stuck in this house 24-7 with six people that I didn't really know in a city that was pretty isolating for me at the time. And then the company that I worked for, we started working remotely and they became very untrusting of their employees. They made us download a software on our computer that monitored our keystrokes and our clicks and took screenshots of our monitor every 10 minutes. And as someone with ADHD, this was extremely stressful. It was just too stressful working conditions. As a human. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's just stressful for anyone. So this kind of compounded with the isolation of being stuck with people I didn't know, kind of contributed to this period of depression that was worse than any I've ever experienced before. I hadn't seen my cousin for six months, and she was the only kind of lifeline I had in D.C. The only time I saw her was the morning meeting of my work Zoom box. And eventually I was just spending almost every hour in bed and I wasn't really taking care of myself at all. And then I finally talked to a friend from Colorado and I realized that I was way too isolated and I was becoming a danger to myself and I needed support. The marketing firm that I worked at at the time with my cousin told me that if I worked remotely and moved back to Colorado, I could still do so. But then two days later, Mm -hmm. after I moved home, the firm let me go. And when I told my cousin what happened, she defended the company's actions Mm -hmm. and said they might have just not had enough work for me or something. And I had felt that it wasn't just that she had defended the company's actions, but she just wasn't there when I needed her during COVID. And then she backed a company over her family. And that really hurt me. I haven't talked to her since. And that was about three years ago. And the anger and the hurt has kind of turned into this grudge. It's the only one I've ever kept. And it is a question that is nagging at me if I should quit my grudge against my cousin. So I have a few questions, obviously. One is, has she reached out in the last three years? Like, have you been ignoring her? How would she categorize this not speaking? Yeah, so... Part of the reason why I am thinking I should quit my grudge is because just out of ADHD-ness, I forgot that I had blocked her. And so if she had tried to reach out via text or social media, I didn't know. And I totally forgot for about a year. That being said, you know, she knows where I live and she knows where my parents live and she knows my entire family. So she could have gotten in touch other ways, of course, but did not. Okay. Does she know that you're upset with her? Like, does she know that you guys aren't talking? 
Yes. So I guess that we have seen each other since at a family reunion. She was there and I just completely ignored her pretty much the entire time. I couldn't get myself to really talk to her. And our family has been very hands-off with the situation. However, they also are kind of pretending that it doesn't exist. We take this photo every year with my brothers and my cousin where we have a certain order and we take the same picture every single year kind of to show a progression of time. And I said I didn't want to be a part of the photo while she was in it because it just felt really disingenuous to me that we are this like happy family and we've grown through the years, but I didn't feel like we were that. So I denied the picture. I just I said I didn't want to be in it and it caused a decent amount of drama within my family. So she definitely knows that I am upset about it still. Mm-hmm. So what if I were to say to you, it sounds like your cousin didn't do anything wrong. She just doesn't feel as close to you as you do to her. I was not there and I am not actually saying that. But like, that doesn't mean she did anything wrong. Like, she just doesn't feel as close to you as you do to her. Yeah. Yeah. How would that make you feel? I have two two feelings about it. One, right before I moved to D.C., I asked her if she would help me kind of get acclimated to the area. And she said that she would. And I took that as almost a promise that she would help me. I guess, live up to my full potential there and not make me feel abandoned to do it all on my own. Of course, the circumstances completely changed because of 2020. However, the other thing that it makes me feel is that you might also partially be right because she doesn't really feel like she did anything wrong. She knows that I'm upset with her, but I think that if she really felt like she was in the wrong she probably would have found some way to apologize. And her feeling that way also makes me feel like there's a potential that I shouldn't be holding a grudge. Mm-hmm. And yet I still can't fully like let go of the anger and the trust broken of it. And yeah. and so maybe maybe like eventually it would just turn into like I just don't want to be a part of this person's life. I think the grudge is just simply the betrayal of the situation more than anything else. I want to push back a little bit. She helped you find a job. I can imagine right, feeling like, I did it. I promised my cousin Jackie that I would help <laughs> her get started here, and I helped her get started here. And, like, helping get someone a job is huge. It's a job. Mm -hmm. I think in the context of what was going on at the time, she knew that I had just ended a really long relationship. I think maybe it could have been also a miscommunication of what I needed, which was not a job. It's just, like, I need a job to live, of course, but also just that I really needed support during that time. And it's really possible that she had different parameters for what my goals were and then our expectations just didn't meet with each other. Another thing I'd like to say though is that the job that she got me, it was her company that she worked at already, but the job 
wasn't a good job. Like I was actually digging into my savings living there. I wasn't making enough to pay my rent and bills. And they actually told unemployment that I had quit voluntarily. So I was being denied unemployment. So I just ended up really ruining my confidence with jobs and really hurting me later because I was I couldn't get unemployment for months after and was completely broke after that. But I mean, like, I know you're saying this, like, that's not her fault, right? Like, she did everything she could. And actually, like, I would argue that it's even higher risk to get someone a job at a company you work for because their performance is going to reflect on you. I think that would be true also if she didn't get, like, a few thousand dollars in recruitment Ah. for me going, getting a job there and staying there for three months. That's helpful to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. No, that that changes things. That really changes things. That's very interesting. What do you mean by grudge? So you said maybe I should just like not want her in my life, but release my grudge. What would that look like? So we don't live in the same state anymore. I moved back to Colorado and she still lives in D.C. However, I think it's hard when they're in your family. You know, a friend you could just never see again. With family, it becomes a lot more difficult. It's only five of us that are first cousins. And so it's not like we have a big family where you can kind of get lost in the sauce of cousins and great uncles and that kind of thing. It's more personal. And when people pass away and there's weddings that are maybe coming up, it becomes a problem of, do I go to this event and talk to this person? Do I just pretend that they don't exist forever because it's making my family uncomfortable when I do that? I think what's in the grudge is the context of the fact that I can't just remove this person from my life completely. And I can do my very best to not involve them in my life most of the time, but there's going to have to be times when I see them. What does holding a grudge get you? Because the way you just described it, it sounds like a huge pain in the ass. (laughs) Like so much easier to just make nice with her when you see her three times a year, pose for the photo, give her a hug, but kind of emotionally check out. Why wouldn't you do that? I think, you know, I think when people generally hold grudges, it's to get a point across. And my point, in a sense, it's a little vindictive. is is just like, I want you to know that you messed up. I want you to know that you hurt me. I want you to at least acknowledge it. And if I just forgive it, I think it makes it look like I was just irrationally mad for three years and then I got over it. I think the grudge is me trying to say, like, I just want you to acknowledge that that hurt. I think it's like a way to keep power in a situation that I had no power in to begin with. Maybe it's the only power that I had in the entire relationship. I always felt like I was the struggler and I have been vulnerable with her in the past and she hasn't. And, you know, like, I don't think I'm owed vulnerability from her. Right. It is just really hard to maintain a relationship when you are the vulnerable one all the time. Totally. And so I think I think that probably plays into the feeling of a grudge a lot. It's yeah. just that I am always the vulnerable one 
in that relationship. Yeah. And this is a way that you can be the strong one. Mm -hmm. What you said about power makes so much sense to me. The thing is, it's fake, right? You know that. Like, you're still here being hurt and obsessing. And so it's a it's a performative power. Sometimes that mm-hmm. power is enough. <laughs> I know from my own life, I'm like, doesn't matter. They don't really have the power. They maybe think I do. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're still hurt. Yeah. It's not getting me anything to have that power. Yeah. It sounds like she really hurt you. But as you said, right, like, she doesn't think she did anything wrong. If that's true, if it's true that she didn't do anything wrong, you guys just have misaligned values and expectations, right? Like, she didn't steal from you. She didn't lie to you. She disappointed you because you guys have different values. Does that still feel, like, worthy of a grudge? No, it feels worthy of me not trusting her again. Totally. But it doesn't feel worthy of, like, a grudge that one makes other people uncomfortable when they're around it and doesn't really get me anything because if you're not going to apologize after three years, it's probably not coming until, you know, someone's on their deathbed. So, Have you asked for an apology or told her? Have you talked to her about this? No, and I haven't. Because I can imagine someone not talking to me and me being like legit no idea why. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it is that she doesn't 100% know why I'm upset. Because I think to her, she's like, so you got fired from a job, so why are you upset at me about it? Yeah. I think she knows that I was upset that she defended the company. But I don't think she realized, because I didn't realize until many months later, possibly years, that I was upset at her for making me feel abandoned during the pandemic. And then months after that, realizing that it should have never been her job to be the one to help me on my feet afterwards. And that maybe moving to D.C. was probably a cry for help to begin with. So I feel like it's extremely possible that she doesn't know exactly what I'm mad over. And I think part of a grudge is that it is a little irrational that you want someone to just know why you're upset and you won't budge until they know you're upset and why without saying why. Totally. Because if you say why, it won't be a grudge anymore. (laughs) To quote my stepdaughter a few years ago, just so you know, I am not talking to you right now. (laughs) Like, okay. Good to know. Clear with your emotions. I think it's good. It's great. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. No, of course... Emotions aren't rational, right? Like, that is by design. They are something different than our thinking. And so as much as, like, hurt feelings don't mean wrongdoing, hurt feelings do point to something. When we are hurt, it is information of misplaced expectations, of we have different values, and therefore I can't trust you, right? It's not that you're not a trustworthy person. It's that you're not a trustworthy person for me. There's no judgment, but it's an information. She hurt you. You guys are different. That's like really important information to have. Mm -hmm. So just because something is not rational doesn't mean that it's bad. It's cluing me into something. Yeah. Yeah. I think also some more context just a little bit is that my mom is completely on my side to a point where I think she might be encouraging the grudge more. and. I think that's been really fueling it as well, is mm-hmm. outside help to keep the grudge. And so yeah, I guess I have two final questions then if I were to quit this grudge. One, how do I quit it in a way that would be respectful to my own feelings and not make me feel unheard? And then also, right. how do I do it in a way that doesn't piss my mom off more. <laughs> I just got to say, as someone who loves kids, like you hurt my kid, you hurt anyone I love, you're dead to me. And I really <laughs> understand that instinct in your mom. Mm-hmm. I get it. And I also think that, right, like you sit down and have a conversation with your mom where you're like, mom, this grudge is bad for me. Mm-hmm. And it is better for me if I bury the hatchet. And like, I'm tired of these occasions being awkward. She loves you. She wants what's best for you. Mm -hmm. I think that if you explain to your mom, no, really, letting this go is actually going to be the best thing I can do, she'll get right on board. Yeah, I think you're right. And you're also speaking a little bit to me as well in the sense, you know, I said this grudge is a little bit about self-protection and it is in the way where I love myself and yeah. I felt like being so depressed that I was a danger to myself is making me hold the grudge more because I'm mad at her for helping put my life at stake a little. And again, I think rationally it's not it wasn't her job, but that is an internalized feeling that is it's hard to separate myself from and I think that is where me not trusting her stems from and also why the hurt is so hard to let go of because I care about my own well-being now. Yeah. And why the grudge got worse over time because I care more and more about myself. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I'm glad you care more and more about yourself. So the question is like how to feel heard, right? Because That is important. Like, she made you feel unsupported during a time that you needed support. Whether or not 
she knew that that's what you needed or she had the capacity to give it, we can separate the intent from the impact, right? Like she definitely did not intend to make you feel bad. Mm -hmm. She might not have put a lot of effort into making you feel good, Mm -hmm. but like it doesn't sound from the way you've described her like she's a malicious person. So I do want you to feel heard. I, I guess I would just like say it back to you. Like how how would you feel comfortable? Would you want to talk to her at the next family reunion and pull her aside and be like, hey, I was really hurt by this. And now I just see that like I had expectations that weren't expectations that you and I discussed. And I think you and I are just really different and you really hurt me. And that's why I've been not talking to you for the last three years. Yeah. So I think it's a possibility that I might see her in about three weeks for a family Hanukkah reunion. And Mm -hmm. I think before I even see her, I think I would want to even maybe send her a letter or something like that. A text seems a little too informal. An email seems too professional. But a letter seems helpful because the last time I saw her, I completely ignored her. And so I wouldn't I wouldn't expect her to think anything different would happen. And so clearing the air beforehand a little bit might be helpful. Yeah. And also that over the years, I think I've learned that every time that I try and take power in a certain way, that is power that I can have and like earn almost by – just saying what I feel and just saying how yeah. something hurt me. And I think that yeah. there's like an illusion that once you say how you feel, you're not going to have that power. But I actually don't think that's true because I usually feel more powerful once I say how I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also includes – I think I really have to let go of this idea that I've held of her, which is – you know, we grew up about a mile apart. From each other since elementary school. And so our families ate dinner together every single weekend. Um, we went to the same schools. It felt like my two cousins were sisters to me more than they were cousins. And I think that I might feel that way and they don't because they feel like sisters to each other. So I don't think they're looking for a third sister, whereas I only had brothers. And so they're the closest things that I do have to sisters. And I think, again, it's just mismet expectations. And yeah, that context, I think, to start it out would be helpful because when I came to D.C., it was under that guise of I'm moving closer to someone who I consider a sister. And I think she thought, my cousin is moving here. Hopefully she likes it, you know? <laughs> yeah. That is really sad, though, right? Those feelings and disappointments are really sad. And so I understand why you had a big reaction. It's a big disappointment. Yeah. And so realizing that it's time to let go of the grudge doesn't mean that the grudge didn't serve you. It doesn't mean that the grudge was stupid or, or I'm trying to think of the word you used, an overreaction. It just means it's not serving you anymore. And next time someone really disappoints you, you can think about whether or not, you know, that will serve you in the processing. But I don't know. That's really hurtful to find out that someone who you think of as a sister isn't 
a sister. Yeah. Like, and I, that's sad. I think there's some grief wrapped up in that. And I think, I think part of the reason I'm holding on to the grudge for a really long time is because it's the only thing that I have left of our relationship in a sense. Like once I let go of this grudge, because I don't really trust her and I don't really want her in my life at this point, you know, it's sad to let go of a family member or someone that you love. It's a way of being like, you're still attached to me, even if it's through anger. And so I think letting go of this grudge would be kind of letting go of that relationship that I had most of my childhood and high school and college years. And it's sad. There's definitely some grief in that. And I think maybe moving to that point where I know that there is grief in it is probably the first step out of feeling like I have a grudge. I mean, that makes so much sense to me. The other thing that I just want to say is that it might have been a shared perception throughout your childhood. It doesn't retroactively make past things untrue. It might be that, like, she was just in a place in her life where she wasn't in that sister space with you for whatever reason. So what I don't want is for you to transition out of this phase and look back on the phase with any negative feelings about yourself. This makes total sense to me as an emotional process, given how depressed you are, given that getting fired from a job is considered one of the like five big traumas that a person can go through, given that it was COVID, you had to do two big moves, you were going through a breakup, and then there's this huge disappointment. Like this makes sense to me that you had this big emotional response. I can totally see why this was the move you made. And I also think that you're asking this question now because you're ready to let go. And it's just not, it's not being helpful anymore. Yeah, I've definitely come to this part of my life where, you know, like the analogy of a, is a ship still the same if you replace every part? Right. I feel like I've replaced every part at this point except maybe this is one of the last pieces. I feel like I'm a completely Mm -hmm. different person than I was three years ago. I've moved on with jobs. I've moved on with, I'm in school now. I'm in a new relationship and I have been for a while. And to me, it just feels like in order to grow, I need to let go of this last piece and replace it with maybe something that isn't shame of the grudge I held, but just like an acknowledgement that I was her, an acknowledgement that something happened between us, that she would have to do a lot in order to prove that it would she would be a trustworthy person to have in my life. And I haven't even given her the opportunity to do that. So I can't wait for the photo next year of all of the cousins. <laughs> And I, yeah, I just hope that it doesn't feel disingenuous, that it feels like this is my cousin and it's real, that we are in relationship with one another. Yeah, I hope that too. I think for the sake of my grandma who loves those photos and I think that would be one of the biggest stressors as a grandparent is having people that you love within your family not speaking to each other. Well, and just also for your sake, it sounds less stressful like a little right like a little bit of a weight off your shoulders I hope absolutely it's very loving that your first thought was for your grandmother (laughs) but like I really just hope for you thanks Vanessa that's really nice 
I hope so, too. Jackie, thank you so much. Talking to you was really just like an inspiration and talking to someone who's just so willing to be vulnerable. I can like see that skill in you and so self-reflective and wise. And I'm really excited for this new phase and this new ship that you are. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was so enlightening and it really changed my point of view for the better. Thank you. You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. Our show is funded through our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. If you're a regular listener, we would love your support. Another way you can support the show is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod and Twitter at The Real Cute Pod. We'd love to shout out our BFF tier patrons, Molly Reilly, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, and Shannon Sheehan. We are Not Sorry Production. Our executive producer is Caitlin Hoffmeister. We are edited and produced by Ariana Nettleman, and our music is by Nick Bull. We are distributed by Acast. A huge thanks to Jackie for joining us today. And thanks, as always, to our wonderful team, Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Laura Glass, AJ Aramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Wilson, Courtney Brown. Now- Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everybody. I'm dropping into your feed to let you know that starting June 23rd, you are invited to a class called Discovering Your Own Patron Saints, a guided workshop with Natalie Folkerts. In this six-session class, you will explore beloved characters from literature who've jumped off the page and made their way into the moral fabric of your life. The first week of this class, you're going to explore what we mean by patron saints, and then each subsequent week will be devoted to a different value, wonder, imagination, grief, and courage. If you are seeking spiritual guidance outside of the constraints of formal religion, if you are someone who finishes a novel and feels like you have said goodbye to new friends, then this class is for you. Register before the first class on June 23rd by going to notsorryworks.com. That's N-O-T-S-O-R-R-Y-W-O-R-K-S dot com. Holy Folkert's Casper Turkile and Stephanie Paulsell.